podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Nina Calza Show. Now, I was not expecting that. I was not anticipating that. What an absolutely dreadful result and performance. How on earth do you drop points to full-figured Sam Allardyce team? I know not. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I've got two excellent guests with me. But before we go any further and I introduce them to you, Let me give you a little sweet deal here. This show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you get a massive 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN. That's right, 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN. Liberty Shields offers free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon Fire Stick, Mac and Windows. Now, like I said, really, really shit result. Losing to that team, to that manager. Ugh, I shoulda. But on this podcast, I have two incredible guests. So without further ado, let me introduce them to you. They are my dynamic duo. And as bad as Liverpool are and were... These two are going to put in a stellar performance. I say that without hesitation. First up, it is Sam Evans. Sam, welcome back. Thanks, Nina. Uh, God, what can I say? We, we were talking on a few WhatsApp groups before the game and we were fearful that Liverpool teams under Klopp seemed to really struggle after having a week's break for some reason and, and seemed to be strangely lethargic but I thought oh, I'm just being paranoid you know we've got West Brom at home surely it's not going to be a problem and we we just brought out that shit performance and it's I don't know what it is there's a really strange pattern where we, we're just much better off playing a game every three days because it seems to be whenever we have a week-long break you'd think everyone would be energized but then we can dish up that kind of performance so yeah very disappointed you know what? Um, uh, and I'm going to introduce my second guest. It is Dave Horrocks. I got his name right. I'm on a roll. This show is going to be excellent. Um, Dave, um, welcome to the show. And um, uh, how are you? <laughs> well, a bit shit, really, after that game. But um, it's great to come on again and, and talk to you guys because uh, I feel I need it. So I always feel a little bit elated after after we've had a bit of a group therapy session. And by Christ, I fucking need it after that shit show. It was absolutely dreadful, wasn't it? And, you know, Sam kind of touched on a few things there about, you know, um, the rest thing. And you and I, before Sam came on, because Sam was fashionably late, you and I, the, the model professionals, we were on early and we, we were having a chat before the pod. And you kind of alluded to that as well, didn't you? That, God, this, this rest thing just doesn't quite work for the Reds. Yeah, and, and this is something that goes back uh, even before Klopp's teams. That It just seems to be when you think you've got the maximum amount of energy that you can possibly have, that we should be fizzing the ball around. And it, it just seems like we lose that sharpness. So... But every time it happens, you know, every time you have a rest, you can't help but feel, yeah, that's going to do us good, that. We'll get some players back as well. And uh, we'll have loads of energy, bags of energy. We knew that, we knew what Allardyce's team were going to come and do. They were going to try and keep it, you know, one goal in it until the last 10 minutes and then pepper us. That's exactly what what we did. And so the fact that we look sluggish um, and lethargic I think didn't need to cost us the points today. I think we just, it seemed to me that as as lethargic as we looked, we were still trying to force the issue for the second goal. And actually, we didn't re- really need to do that. And so, yeah, just a bit disappointing. But, you know, hopefully, you know, in the next match, we won't have had eight days rest. So hopefully we'll look a bit sharper. Yeah. Hoping. And you know what? Let me bring it right to the beginning. And Sam, I'll come to you first. Team lineup. Um, 
I think I had a brief little nosy on on social media, and of course, um, um, I think it was James Pierce that tweeted that um, it Nabicator, um, uh, there's some fitness issues. Obviously, didn't feature, wasn't on the bench, and you know a lot of fume about that. Um, uh, your thoughts on that and uh, the the lineup? Because I thought the bench looked quite strong today as well. You know, there were some good options. Shaq was on the bench. You know. Yeah, well, that, that's something. I was being really positive at the end of the last pod, you know, saying we've got this nice break now. We, we've got a big advantage over the other teams, I thought, uh, with the fixtures over this period. You know, Chelsea are playing again tomorrow after playing yesterday, you know. Um, same with Man City and Everton and Villa, you know, and yeah, and Leicester. They're all playing tomorrow. So they were all playing two games in the space. They had 48 hours um, gap between them, you know, and that's usually a massive disadvantage. But somehow, despite everyone, you know, a couple of teams dropping points and everything, we managed to bring out that shit show. And not only that, we've had a week's break and Kate has managed to get injured. <laughs> and I don't know how that happens. I'm just so gutted about Kate because that, that game today was crying out for one of two players. One was Naby Keita, who was available last week. You know, he, he'll give the ball away more than maybe some of the players we got in midfield, but he will inject some urgency, some, you know, ability to carry the ball and will try some, you know, inventive things in the final third. So really missed him today. The other one, obviously, is Thiago. I, I just cannot wait until we get him back because these teams, you know, they're going to continue to sit back. It was, it was good tactics. Um, as far as Allardyce was concerned, is the only way they were going to come here and get a point. And I, I can't begrudge them that. You know, they've put 11 men behind the ball and, and just waited for set pieces and, and chances on the, on the counter-attack. And it's our own fault at the end of the day. You know, we, we need to be more patient. We need to be cleverer. Um, and we need to show a bit more urgency. And um, yeah, really gutted about Keita again. I'm hoping it's just, you know, a precaution. Yeah. But it's an absolute kick in the ball like Zumatip. You know, he's had that eight-day break. You'd think he'd be fully firing and available and, and fine to play a full game today and then breaks down again with injury. So, um, yeah, really disappointing. And I think it does kind of highlight uh, the the need for us to go into the transfer market in January just to make sure we've got a reliable centre-half in the squad that, that doesn't pick up a lot of injuries. I think it's something really important we get sorted now. Yeah, and I, I was of, um, you know, I think the last time we spoke was the Crystal Palace game and, you know, everything looked really good. And I did say I still want them to, you know, spend the money in January on, on a centre-back because, you know, I, I have trust issues with injuries. Um, Dave, I'm going to come to you. Talk to me about the starting lineup. You know, it looked as good as anything that you could possibly imagine. And, you know, the whole cater situation, because I think, you know, Sam hit the nail on the head. You and I had a conversation. Let's just say it one more time. That game, you know, with Sam Allardyce, it was crying out for a direct midfielder, you know, uh, somebody who's very direct and a key passer. And both of those players were unavailable for Klopp. Yeah, but I I wasn't worried at all uh, when I saw that. No, no, no. I mean, I think later on you started like looking at it and thinking, gosh, I, you know, this is where Thiago would have been amazing, you know, yeah. and this is where the dribbling of Naby Keita in the middle of the park would actually scare the bejesus out of some of those, um, you know, West Bromwich defenders. Yeah, and I think we've known Thiago's out, you know, he's been out for a while, hasn't he? So hopefully when he comes back, he stays back. I think the frustrating thing, and it's not the lad's fault, but... You know, he comes in, shows himself to be, you know, a real talent cater, and then he's out injured again. And, you know, I just can't help but feel he's turning into Aquilani, you know, who, who you could see was a great player, but, you know, just kept kept getting injured, you know, these little niggly injuries. And, yeah, I think Cater would have been great in this. I, I, I don't know why, you know, we had a bit of craft on the bench as well. I thought there were some strange substitutions. Um, but in, in that midfield, and, and again, I'll highlight Genie because, again, I know he's got his contract troubles, but he's there in the in the first 11 again. You know, it, 
there's a lot to be said for someone who just is able to play and turns up. And I know he didn't have a great game. I don't think anyone did. But um, yeah, with Wijnaldum and Jones and Henderson, you know, in the deep line midfield role, I thought we had more than enough to beat this lot. We had our preferred th- front three out there. And then obviously our, our, well, the best back four that we can put out at the minute. So yeah, we should have... We should have slept walk into into a win tonight. We should have. I think I'm really angry and frustrated. And I think let's kind of start from the beginning of the game. And uh, Dave, I'll, I'll stick with you because, you know, we, we kick off. We, we look really good. You know, it was nice to see, you know, Liverpool with some fans. You know, but, uh, I think the only team in the Premier League that are allowed them. And of course, Everton as well. Um, but you know, you you see Liverpool. They start off pretty well. Within twelve minutes, we unleash things and we we get a goal. And you kind of think, oh yes, you know, like this is going to be one of many. We you know we we, we had you know we had a lot of the ball. Um, we were sort of taking. We we had a few shots, but only one on target. Um, I thought in the first like half an hour, we we just looked very much in control for you know a majority of 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 that portion and um this is why I think I was really really calm with you know the starting lineup I don't have meltdowns with the, with the team lineup unless like there's a lot of injuries and then you do get a bit scared but you're hoping for the best but as a whole I felt like Liverpool started off on a positive note it wasn't like they started off fatigued excuse me <laughs> yeah so yeah I, th- I thought we started off well but but West Brom showed exactly what they'd turned up to do. And it was that whole first half was really attack versus defense, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when Allardyce got this job again, I'm thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, why do people keep pressing the Allardyce button? It's like, oh, threatened by relegation. Beep. There we go. Let's get Fat Sam in. And when they turn up, I just thought, oh, fuck's sake, this is like going back to the 90s or something you know it's just it just feels like old archaic football and when we were on top and we were moving the ball from left to right and I thought Robertson had a lot of joy down that left hand side when that second one didn't didn't come in I was thinking you know what this is this is part of his plan (laughs) this is you know he's not bothered that he's one nil down at all and he's not coming here to win he just wants to you know frustrate us and basically bore everyone in the stadium, you know, including the team, bore them to tears. And then in the second half, you know, again, if it gets to the last 15 to last 10 minutes, you know, get some, you know, the crowd will get, even though there's only a couple of thousand there, the crowd will start getting onto the players' backs. The players themselves will start to get frustrated, start to get some dangerous balls into the box. And, and you know, it it just works for him. So. Yeah, even though we seem to have control of the game, I think it was an artificial thing. I think they were letting us have a lot of the ball and they were just, you know, quite happy to sit sit behind there, let us have possession. And then when it gets to the final third, that's when they sort of wake up and then they're biting into tackles. So, yeah, I must admit, even into half time, I, I was not that comfortable and it felt that we needed that second goal. Yeah, and there's some chat going on in in the Discord live chat. And Sam, um, just to kind of echo what I said there, you know, Andy Robertson, um, a quote from him here, once you get slack, you get what you deserve. West Bromwich Albion um, stuck to their game plan, wanted it to be 1-0 for as long as possible, and we let that happen. Credit to them. But um, all of this was made of mistakes in the second half, which... um, uh, which can't happen. Um, absolute standard tactics. And Gags is, um, uh, you know, Gags has also said that he, um, uh, if you watch the entire interview, Robertson does say that we dominated the first half. And you know, if we kept up that intensity in the second half too, and we weren't wasteful, we would have absolutely nailed them. And I think that is the difference between the Crystal Palace performance and the result. And this, we were quite wasteful with the possession that we had. Yeah, that that second half performance was an absolute disgrace. Like you, you, you got to say right. If we play the whole that whole ninety minutes, nine times out of ten, we come away with the three points, despite the the lethargic performance, just because of the sheer amount of crosses 
and you know percentages basically the, the chances that we end up winning the game um you know we i think we got double the amount of expected goals in them in that match but despite all of that you know west brom had 0.02 xg first half i think it was it was an absolute disgrace of a performance from west brom and we should have put them to the sword and the fact that we didn't, I don't know what the hell happened second half, but we showed a complete lack of urgency. And I think we just, because mm. it was so easy, especially in the first half, we just thought, ah, oh, you know, the goal will come eventually. And they're no threat the other way either. So, you know, we'll probably win the game. And and to be fair, I actually ran out of the room uh, to get a drink when they scored their goal. So I hadn't seen the replay until just now. And... Bloody hell, their their goal, it was a com- massive foul on Fabinho, wasn't it? They just climbed all over him. I, you never see that being allowed, usually, but for some reason that's been allowed. But, you know, in my opinion, we had warning signs before that with West Brom. They yeah. had some, you know, they had some chances and I think we got what we deserved. We were very lethargic today and, you know, despite all the domination with the possession, it was a pathetic attacking performance in the second half. I can't remember us having any real chances until right at the death with Firmino's header, you know? So it's not, it wasn't good enough. And that's the problem. When you do show that kind of lethargic performance, despite the domination of the ball, there's always potential for a sting in the tail off a set, uh, sting in the tail off a set piece or something. So, you know, we, we knew that was a possibility. Robbo's hit the nail on the head there with that comment. And as long as it was one nil, we were always going to be twitchy. And unfortunately, West Brom got that little bit of luck. They did, absolutely. And, and Dave, I'll, I'll come back to you because obviously this uh, pod is a little bit of, a bit everywhere. You know, there, you know, let's kind of talk about, you know, where things started to go a little bit wrong. And, you know, I think in the second half, I think we can all agree that, you know, the intensity dropped. I thought Liverpool looked really um, pedestrian, really casual. And, you know, that kind of really frustrated me. And, um, you know, we, we've already said they had a lot of shots in the first half, but only one on target, which means they were quite wasteful. Nothing was quite coming off. You know, they weren't being as creative as their usual self. But, um, you know, some some define, you know, for me, one of the big things, and Sam hit the nail on the head that we had a few scary moments. And one of the biggest ones was um, the counter-attack where, um, you know, their their attacker, his name escapes me now, um, gets the better right. of um, Reese Williams. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for Big Allison there, you know, we would have been in, in deep, deep trouble. Uh, but for me, one of the big defining moments was um, obviously the, the injury to Matip, and you touched on that as well. Yeah, and as soon as he pulls up, you just know what's coming, don't you? And and I think, I, you know, he's played a bit more than Cater, but, you know, you've, you've got to put him in the same bracket, haven't you? Where, you know, you you need players to be on the pitch and... You know, when he's great. I mean, to be honest, before he went off, I thought he played really well. It was a great assist, wasn't it? Straight into Mane. Yes. I, I, straight into Mane's chest. Brilliant control. Bangs it in. And I, I thought, up until the point when he went off, I thought, Matip's looking like the man of the match here. Yeah. Um, But, you know, again, he's off. And who knows? And And I think on the last... On the last pod, I was actually saying, you know what? I think we might be able to do with make do with what we've got. Completely, I'm doing a 180 on that. <laughs> we need to get those centre backs in. I, I, we just can't rely on Matip. Unfortunately, he's great when he's great, but you need players to be on the pitch. And Gags has popped in the chat there. There was a massive drop off in quality. I think Reese Williams, you know, he's, he's a young lad. Um, so, you know, he just got outpaced, didn't he? Uh, it was by Grant. Thank and you. And then Alisson put, the, um, put in the save. But that, for me, was the real warning sign. But it still didn't need to be how it ended up. Um, yeah, I, I just think we need probably... I think we need one top-quality centre-back, at least, don't we? And then... I, a bit emotional right after the game, but I'm actually thinking, you know, is it even time to move Matip on? He's been here for a few years now. And again, when he's played, I think he's played some absolutely brilliant games and he looks great for us. But if you can't rely on a player to just be on the pitch, I think he needs to move on. Oh, 
it's a really, really horrible thing, isn't it? Because he is such a quality player. Yeah. And I know that that comment is made purely on the fact that you're looking at availability and, you know, you need players that are obviously fit and healthy. And I know where I know where that comment came from. It's got nothing to do with his ability. And I think Jamie Carragher said that as well on, on the commentary. And Sam, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, what were the kind of like defining moments for you in, in terms of where it went, like kind of like, horribly wrong for Liverpool because I know we it's a draw but it it kind of feels like a loss if that makes sense I think it's probably because I have a real real dislike towards Sam Allardyce yeah it, it does feel like a loss because that, that's definitely two points dropped at home with our record I think they said we were seven or eight wins on the trot before mm. today in the league at home and you know West Brom come in not to play any football of course it's it's definitely two points dropped um, in regards to the Matip thing, I think it's a bit harsh saying we've got to get rid. I just think that we need to have more centre-backs and mm. he can be the fourth one. You know, he's he's fantastic when he's available. I think he's more than good enough to be our fourth choice and he can dip in and out now and again. But when we have the injury crisis and then he's got to be in available every week, we just know we can't rely on him for his fitness. And it, it is a real shame because I think he's an excellent player and he's underrated with how good he is on the ball. So, yeah, it, it is a massive shame there. But, um, yeah, so I, I think his injury really did. I think Gags touched on it in the chat. I saw something earlier. Um, it, it it gave West Brom a little something to target and it, mm. it made us slightly more disjointed and, and made it harder for us to keep them penned in. I think Matt Dipp was doing a great job of doing that, especially, you know, his distribution's very good and he's anticipation is good as well. And I think he's actually faster than pe- people give him credit for, actually. Um, so, yeah, as soon as Reese Williams came on, it did... You could see West Brom saw an opportunity. Right, now and again, we might have a chance on a counter-attack. You know, his positional sense was a bit off now and again. The, the guy's 19. He, he's he's done more than anyone could have possibly expected for this team since he's come in. I'm not going to criticise him. the same to him as well. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they targeted him big they tried. time. They yeah, tried. and he had a decent game. So, yeah. you know, let's not forget those, you know, those performances, people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was he was great against Spurs. He made one mistake where he headed it, missed time to head and put Spurs through. But apart from that, he had a very good game. And today, now, you know, it's it's tough coming in cold as well in the middle of a game. And uh, yeah, it, it didn't quite work, but it's, it's not the reason we dropped points today. It's, it's a number of different things. I just think there's a complete lack of, of urgency in the middle of the park. And, you know, you've got to put the blame down to the midfielders today. That, that's where I would firmly put it. You know, Curtis Jones, a 19-year-old again, wouldn't put any blame on him as such, but the amount of times he butchered our counter-attacks today, keeping hold of the ball too long, he, he's going to learn. You know, he, he's a very young player and he, he's very good on the ball and keeps the ball brilliantly and has got so much talent. But it, it did cost us on occasion when we had some really good counter-attacks and, and he wouldn't release the ball. It was a bit of a Lalana-esque um, thing going on with him today. But, you know, I'm not going to criticise him. When Aldem was just functional today, but I felt like he wasn't putting in the urgency either. And you know, Henderson was trying. I'll give him that. You know, that's something Henderson does always do. He tries to get the ball in quickly, but the amount of times the ball was overhit and and hit from too straight an angle, maybe it was it was very easy for West Brom to defend. So I I just think when we're up against those teams, it's always going to be difficult. We've got to show a little bit more patience. Um, rather than just slinging the ball in aimlessly, which I felt we did quite a lot today and, and didn't create the chances, which is why we've ended up somehow having less shots on target than West Brom today. You know, that is absolutely mad in a game where I think we had over 80% possession in the first half. So, uh, you know, despite everything, we've been unlucky for one. Um, you know, that that goal shouldn't have been allowed with that clear foul on the on uh, Fabinho for the for the leap. But we should have done more and we shouldn't have made it a one-goal game and it should have been out of sight before that ever happened and then yeah. luck could never have come into it. So, you know, I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's just pure luck from there. It's our fault. We should have put it out of sight. And I put that down to a lack of 
um, urgency today. And I can only assume, you know, a few people have touched on Sh- um, Shakiri. I don't. I can only assume he wasn't quite ready to play. Klopp, Klopp watches them carefully in training. I think he'd have been absolutely perfect today. To, he, he tries things. He sees the passes and he links up really well with the front three. So I can only assume Shakiri maybe wasn't quite right and available to come on because otherwise, surely he'd have had at least twenty minutes today. Yeah, I was kind of fantasizing about that goal. You know, the the assist for Jota against West Ham. I was like, it needs that kind of play and it needs that kind of ball, you know, just to unlock something. And Dave, I'm going to come to you because your your partner in crime there has just like, he's just, you know, gone absolutely apeshit and just spoke about a whole load of random things. So let's bring some order back to this podcast. And, you know, I think one of the key things that Sam highlighted there was the midfield. And I think that frustrated a lot of people where it has worked for a fair few games. It did pretty well against Spurs it did really well against um you know we, we were praising the midfield against West Ham as well you know with Naby Keita in there as well but you know in this game it didn't quite work off another thing that we kind of noticed as well there was a lot of disjointed um uh, there was a bit of a disconnect between the attack and the midfield and you know in terms of counter-attacks I felt like you know we couldn't really start any off we were so slow and I know there was a stat going around for Jordan Henderson with the most passes completed but for me um, I look at that stat and um, I take it with a, a handful of salt because where were them passes you know were they sideways were they backwards because you know let's be honest it's just that it's it's a stat filler for me and for me there was a lot of them aimless crossing going on again you know like whipping the ball hoping for the best hoping that Asadi Omani might connect to the end of it it was very very frustrating it looked like it lacked imagination yeah and and I think I, I don't I don't like Fat Sam right hate him in fact <laughs> but I kind of begrudgingly I'm not going to give him nearly as much respect as the. I'm not going to watch any bloody match of the days off for me, and because <laughs> yeah. they'll just go on about how this is such a great masterclass. But I do think that, you know, the way they bored us to death. It was attack versus defense in that first half. I think was a very deliberate thing, and um, we were trying to zip the ball about, and then. When we came out in the second half, we were just lethargic. But actually, West Brom did step it up a bit. They tried to give us a little bit more to think about going the other way. So it wasn't just about the set pieces. They were trying to hit the flanks. They were waiting for, you know, as soon as they could get a foot on it, they were booting the ball down down the channels, as we know Sam's size like to do. But of course, with our fullbacks always pressed up quite high, not a bad tactic. And I, I thought... Because we'd come out thinking that same, you know, easy first half, I think we just didn't wake up from it. And I think we just, you know, we were just stuck in that mode then. And I will, you know, let's call out the elephant in the room. If Curtis Jones doesn't give away that needless corner, uh, we go in 1 0, don't we? we? We win that game, scrappy as it was, as shit as we performed. Now, Again, he's a young lad. He's far, far better than he has, has any right to be at that age. But I think he'll he'll probably learn from that. You know, his best work is done in the final third. He's got such great control. And he was trying to make things happen. But don't fucking do it there <laughs> in our third when there's no need for it. Um, I, I thought Henderson was trying to make some forward passes. But because West Brom was so organised, there was just a wall in front, you know. And I think I actually think they were intentionally quite narrow, which is why we saw Robertson get quite a lot of joy down the left in the first half, because they were just, you know, so narrow down the pitch. And then we were still trying to play balls through, but it just wasn't really working for us. There was one where he got fouled, where he actually played it forward with his left foot <laughs> I thought oh that'll come up later because I, I know he gets you know labeled a bit of a crab Henderson but I think he was trying to make things happen but I just think you know the longer the second half went I think we just lost any sort of ideas and I'm actually gonna have to call out Klopp a bit taking no prisoners today now. yeah go for it so 
with with West Brom and the style that they play, they're not going to give up, you know, to a to a fucking to crosses just being launched in the box to Mane and Salah. I know Bobby's decent in the air as well, but you know, most of the time it seems to be Mane who's getting close to it. They've got these big hulking fucking centre backs, so why bring on Origi? And I actually thought I, I was. I was praying for an ox screamer from 30 yards and he never seemed to quite get in the right position. But again, I just didn't feel like he was the right sort of player for this game where everything's quite congested. Definitely take Sam's point. I think the only reason... Who put the ball for Firmino that that world-class saved by their keeper? Was it Ox? Uh, I can't remember. It It came in from the right, didn't it? I was... Some reason I've got. Might have been. It might yeah, have been. but one thing I did notice was he was zipping the ball much quicker, and that made West Brom look a bit panicky. If that makes sense, maybe it was fresh legs. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. But for me, he just kept running. Yeah, it was Ox. Someone's just confirmed it was Ox. I just felt like there was just there wasn't this ponderous, you know, hogging of the ball. Yes, yeah. some of it was wayward. Don't get me wrong. I mean, some of it was like, oh my god, I can't believe that went there. But at least there was a bit of urgency about what he was trying to do. What a fucking save that was, by the way. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know what? And then I had that flashback and then they mentioned it on the commentary as well that he produced some world-class saves against Man City and I remember it and I was applauding him, thinking, yes, stay in this. And I was like, for fuck's sake, not against us. <laughs> we completely have our Sunday nights ruined. You know, these guys did draw against City. They did draw against Chelsea. So, you know, they they're not bad at the old smash and grab. And so, you know, it feels now, it feels a bit like it did after Fulham. And then we came out in the next match and, you know, put in that great performance against Spurs. So obviously a much better side. So, yeah, I'm not completely down, but in answer to your question, Nina, yep, midfield was generally quite ponderous and quite slow, but I'm not actually sure what we could have done that was that different. It was, it was the way West Brom kind of lured us in. And we just looked like we we were out of ideas um, and then just started throwing it into the box. And then it's like, let's bring on Big Divock and see if that works. And and that's where I, I just think that was, that was the wrong move for me. Listen, I, I think you're um, absolutely spot on. I mean, the, the work, that was quite a bizarre sub, wasn't it, Sam? You know, bringing on Divock Origi. But for me, I just felt like, you know, we we kind of knew that, you know, things weren't working in the second half and we were getting frustrated. And the more frustrated we were looking, the more comfortable uh, West Brom were looking. And, you know, this is where the whole, you know, masterclass of Sam Allardyce would be talked up on, you know, Match of the Day and various other football show segments. But for me, I just felt like Jurgen Klopp should have made a creative change earlier. Yeah. Rather than after Jones making the mistake for the corner and all that kerfuffle happening and then taking him off and then throwing on Oxley Chamberlain um, hoping that he'd rescue something. And I've seen a fair few of our players having, you know, been thrown into those situations. It's happened to Minamino so many times this season where he gets thrown in for the last two minutes. For me, that sub should have been made a lot earlier. Yeah, it's a funny one, really, because we've been really good generally at grinding out one goal victories over the last three seasons. It's something that we've, you know, we've not panicked and we've always kind of got the the win over the line. So I don't know where the Klopp's just a bit used to that. But the the big difference now is that we haven't got Van Dijk and Gomez at the back. So it's a lot harder to sit on a one goal victory when especially you're missing Van Dijk because he will just just see it out. No problem at all, you know, like today, you know, they played basically a hoof up field and that got them completely in one-on-one against Alisson because uh, Reese Williams mistimed it. You know, that's something that would have never been an issue whatsoever if we got Van Dyke on the pitch. So I, I'm totally with you, Nina. I think we should have, have brought on an attacking sub today with, with people like Minamino, Oxford Chamberlain, Shakiri on the bench. Even bloody Milner, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought we, we should have 
tried something a little sooner to try and get that second goal because there was always a danger there was going to be a sting in the tail in this game. So it it is disappointing, but you know it's it's one of those things. It's the law of averages. Eventually, you're going to get caught out with one of these things, and you you'll just have that bad bit of luck, and that's what's happened today. So we were lethargic. There's going to be dips during this period. And unfortunately, we seem to be a team that does have that dip when we've had a break. I can only assume now, fingers crossed, that the next two games you've got coming up in quick succession, that we see a massive improvement. And hopefully we won't have to play against 11 defenders. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And you know what, um, Dave, this pod is a little bit everywhere, as you can tell. And for me, um, I'm going to try focusing on some of the positives. But one thing that I took a lot of, um, you know, um, joy from seeing was um, uh, Sadio Mane's first half performance. He was a proper fox in the box for me today. You know, he was trying to turn and shoot. He, you know, he was always in the box. He was a constant threat. Him and Robertson, uh, for me, were like some of the, you know, the, the two standout performers in that half. I mean, w- what did you make of uh, Sadio Mane? Because, again, he's a player that's got a lot of criticism. Uh, you know, he looks a little tired. He looks a little jaded. It's, you know, th- that was the kind of criticism that he's getting, that he looks tired. I think he also had COVID as well, so he was recovering from that as well. So there's been a lot going on with him, but he he looked very, very promising in the first half. Yeah, I thought he looked good in the first half. And again, we, we didn't have, without looking spectacular, I just think he's always looking to, you know, he's always an option, isn't he, on the left? And, you know, he, he always looks quite clever and looking to get into the spaces. The way he took the goal was, was fantastic. I mean, so many players in and around the box to take that ball in at pace on his chest, get it right into the right space where he can crack it in was just phenomenal. And and I think him and Robertson, they, they just look so good down that left-hand side. So, yeah, Mane, I, I wouldn't say he's looking back to his best, but he's certainly looking, the last couple of games, he's looking a lot better than he, he did. And I think, you know, the other part of that partnership, Robertson, again, I think he, he is one that does look, uh, even in the second half, I thought he looks like he had a bit of urgency about him. Yeah. And I just love the way he plays the game. <laughs> there was there was one particular camera angle where he put a great cross in and uh, Mo Salah just, you know, he couldn't quite stretch far enough. And you could just see in the far side, you know, he's... Robertson, he's almost like a fan. <laughs> he's like, oh, nearly, nearly. You know, I just love the way he kind of plays the game with his heart on his sleeve. And uh, yeah, I think definitely most of the good things came down the left-hand side. Conversely, I, I, mm. thought, I thought he got better in the second half, but I thought Trent was particularly poor today. Yes. Yeah, I thought so as well. I thought defensive-wise, he wasn't the best. And I thought in an attacking sense, he, you know, there was definitely a an imbalance from the left and right. And for me, it was kind of not highlighted in the first half, Sam, but in the second half when I was getting more and more frustrated. Because in the first half, you know, we, we saw a lot of the ball and I was like, well, everyone's kind of playing okay. Like, there's nobody that's, like, glaringly bad per se. You know, you were a little bit forgiving of, you know, maybe some of the other Adam Lallana parts of uh, Jones's game today. But, you know, you, you were very, very forgiving in the first half. And in the second half, when you're getting frustrated, you start micro-analyzing everything. And for me, the right hand was re- the right hand side of a uh, you know the the attacker in terms of Trent Alexander Arnold wasn't quite as up to scratch and you know you kind of noticed that he wasn't on his game like he usually is because he is such a phenomenal player. Yeah, I'll I'll caveat this with the, the fact that that's got to be one of the hardest games you can try and cross in just for the sheer number of seven foot players Giant. they had. Yeah. In the box at any one time, it's it's you, you know you've got to put the ball on a sixpence. It's a very very difficult cross to try and play, and it, I, it's only because Trent and Robbo are incredible with their deliveries that and, and we're expecting such a high standard that you know we we might be criticising Trent today, and it, it wasn't one of his good days. It, he did butcher a couple of counter attacks himself and and nearly put. West Brom in with a chance for a, a counter-attack at one point as well, which you know would have been a hell of a sting in the tail if they ended up nicking it. 
Um, so, yeah, it, it was a bit of an off day for him, but I think it was an off day for the whole team. I, I think it's it's unfair. I, I have singled out a couple of players throughout the pod, but it, it's a team thing that that didn't quite work today. And, you know, as I said, nine times out of ten, we come away with the three points today. And today is that one time out of ten where the, the sting in the tail is possible. It's just our own fault for allowing it to be possible for that one out of ten to happen. We should have made it a position where it was not possible for that lucky goal to come against us. So, yeah, very, very disappointed that we, we're top of the league and we've just blown a chance to kind of open up a bit of a gap because I feel like it's such a weird season with COVID and everything. We just don't know what's going to be around the corner. So having a little bit of a a gap would have been really, really handy for us at this point. But, you know, it's not to be. And I've, I've got full faith now that Liverpool are going to come back with a strong performance against Newcastle. Nina's had enough. She's just decided. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was, I, gave, I was giving one of my man, monologues on mute there. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. the, the, the quote of 2020, isn't it? You're on mute. I'm on mute. You know, you, I'm not going to like talk to you guys to, you know, to, to, to my, you know, dulcet tones. But guys, no, I, I'm with you, Sam. I'm, I'm really positive And, you know, I have to be optimistic. You have to be. You've got to keep believing in this team. But obviously today, you know, we're a little frustrated and we're a little annoyed. And, you know, I think it's because we've not seen the Reds in like, it seems like a lifetime. And then, you know, they start off good and then things just start falling apart and against Sam Allardyce team as well, which is never, never nice. But Let's kind of talk about some other random things. And um, Dave, I'll, um, uh, I'll come to you and I'd like to get your thoughts on um, maybe um, maybe the attackers. Because I thought in the first half, you know, they, they all looked quite lively. And I thought Firmino looked really good. But for me, he started fizzling out. And I think that was down to the fact that there wasn't supply and ser- service. And, you know, I think Sam's hit the nail on the head that, you know, it was very, very hard to cross, um, you know, to put, uh, you know, crosses on and, you know, against such a big physical team like West Brom. But I felt like, you know, we could have maybe zipped the ball a little quicker on the deck, you know, play a different way, force them out of position. But for me, I felt like for me, you know, you know he, had, he had a decent game, but there was just no service. Yeah, I don't think there was any... I, I couldn't really see what Bobby could have done. He, mm. he just didn't really uh, get that supply through to him. I thought Mo was a little bit wasteful today. I, I felt like he was always trying to cut in on the left um, and recreate his Crystal Palace goal. <laughs> you know, he was looking for that moment where he can belt it in into the top corner. But I thought we we were definitely better down the left. I just felt Mo could have done a little bit more if he'd have tried to go on the outside a bit more, but he just kept cutting inside, and then when it wasn't on, just play a simple ball sideways. And then there was a moment in the second half in particular where we just seemed to go round and round with these triangles, getting nowhere, just in this same little corner of the pitch. Um, And so, yeah, and I guess that's where you're looking again to the bench, really, and saying, well... Couldn't we have changed something a little bit around? You know, if the great thing, obviously, when we had Jota there, you know, we had an option, you know, to change that front three. And oh, God, imagine bringing him on in that game. Wow, you know? Him and Shakiri, <laughs> you're just looking for them to recreate that goal, aren't you? <laughs> Threading it through the eye of a needle, like, that would have been so good. But um, no, I, I just, yeah, when it's clearly not working, um, we, I don't want to say Plan B, so I'm not going to say Plan B, even though I just ironically said it. They needed to change something up a little bit because it wasn't working. Um, and and like I say, that whether that was just try and take them on on the outside, try and stretch out that team. I said before, they were they were being quite narrow, so they were packing the box and wanting us saying, "Come on, you know, play it through the middle if you want to," and and. I felt there was probably more space to get in on the outside and then maybe do one of those, you know, one of those Suarez type runs where he takes it on the outside and then some somehow wriggles through um and manages to get in get in a pass through across the box or what have you. So yeah, I thought very, very flat. As Sam says, you know, the, it is a whole team game. Uh the midfield was flat, front three was flat. 
Again, I, I think as we're talking now, I'm becoming more positive. It's having a, a positive influence on me because I tell you Evans, what. It's, it's, it's the Sam Evans effect. It is. It is. He's doing this to me. He's a positive influence. And, and I tell you what, I was up. I nearly jumped through the roof when Bobby yeah. hit that header because I, yeah. I thought it was completely in. And to be honest, it, it was at the perfect height for the keeper. A bit higher or a bit lower, he's not making that save. And it's mm. just one of those fine, fine margins. And, you know, so on a, in a parallel universe, we've won that game. So just we're stuck in the one way we, where we didn't. But again, you know, three, three points clear, you know, at Boxing Day. Away at Newcastle next, you've got a fancy us there. That Newcastle can't play the same way as West Brom. So, you know, I'm expecting there's going to be a rocket <laughs> from Klopp and, you know, we'll see a lot better team coming out against them. Absolutely has to be. And, you know, we, we're seeing VAR and we're seeing all these new football rules. So, you know, why don't you introduce one where you can use football credits? So, you know, those five goals that we scored against Crystal Palace, we, we removed two and add them to this game. You know, that'd be fun for me personally. <laughs> you know, let's just completely kill the game. Or maybe swap the fucking ref because it seems, you know, yeah. it seems a bit much to put, single out the ref. But we got absolutely fuck all today. That's not the reason why we drop points, or, or not directly the reason. But I felt when uh, I think Reese Williams made a challenge, and it was never in a million years a foul. Mm. Friends seemed very very quick as soon as West, the West Brom players went down. That was it. It was a free kick. And we had to work really bloody hard to get a free kick. It had to be completely blatant. And when Klopp was doing his nut, I think that was just a build-up of frustration. And like I've said in the past and poke fun at Pep Guardiola, that, that his kind of animation rubs off on the team and it makes them, you know, a, a little bit emotional and irate. I, I just felt in that moment, although I, I was right there with Klopp, and it, in that second, I was like, yeah, fucking have a go at him because that's not good enough from the ref. Again, I just feel he, he needed to be a bit calmer there. And that was one of the things that kind of forced the issue with the with the team getting a bit anxious. Yeah, and I think it was that Reese Williams uh, free kick situation that made Klopp go absolutely batshit crazy. Sam, yeah. I'll come to you about the ref because, of course, you know, you, 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 know, you kind of touched on the blatant <laughs> foul for their equaliser. You don't like Kevin Friend. He gives you Moomin vibes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I've got a shopper, you know, like um, a recyclable shopper where, you know, and um, a shopper bag and it's got a Moomin on it. Um, I'm going to burn it. <laughs> I knew I knew we'd be talking about the Moomin today again. Um, as soon I, as know, I, kn- I you know. What? I see it now. And I think you it's, can see it. Got, yeah, I think he's got really long eyelashes. Or there's something, <laughs> there's something in the eyes that you're not wrong. I don't know what it is, but if he spent less time concentrating on being a Moomin and a bit more time concentrating on the game, we might have had a few more free kicks today. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Dave on that. You know, there were some... It's, it's, it happens sometimes. You find the underdog kind of gets a few more decisions. He tries to kind of make a game of it. But, you know, it's not the reason why we've, we've dropped points today and we need to own this this draw today and, and put it down to purely ourselves. We can't make excuses. Yes, it was a bullshit decision for their goal. It should, it should have been disallowed and we should have been walking away with the points. But it's our own fault that we've put ourselves in the position for it to even be able to happen. So I think we need to, you know, kind of put that to one side, take it on the chin and just, you know, you were saying about me being positive. Let's have some positivity then. Go I'm on. still I'm still fully confident we're going to win this league. We're, we're top of the league by three points at the moment. There's a few other teams with games in hand and things, but currently top of the league after all of what's happened so far. You know, Van Dijk, the best defender in the world, probably out. Gomez, a fantastic second with him, out both for the season. Thiago has just been in the midfielder of the season for the Champions League one of the best in the world in his position out as well. So we've been missing him. Um, we've had horrendous injuries, you know, Matt Dip as well out. Uh, people like Shaq, Ox, 
Kate, uh, you know, bloody injuries galore. Had some horrific decisions against Everton, uh, Brighton, costing us four points there. You know, despite all of these things, guys, we're, we're, we're still top of the league. So I'm so confident we're going to win the league still because when things start going our way again, there's, there's going to be, you know, nothing to worry about whatsoever. We're just going to pull away. It's just going to be one of those seasons. This bastard virus has ruined the year for a lot of us, well, for every one of us. And that's, it's going to make this season weird and it's going to make it a slog. And we're going to have to just accept the fact that we're going to drop a lot more points than we have done in previous seasons. And this is going to be a low points tally that wins the league this season. And I'm still fully confident that we're going to be the ones lifting that second trophy at the end of the season. And hopefully we can all go to Liverpool and, and enjoy celebrating two league trophies together. Here, here. You know what, Dave? I'm at that stage, and maybe it's that game. Uh, maybe it's a late kickoff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, ugh. But is there anything that you feel like we need to maybe talk about from the game? Because, like, I want to get this one out of my system as quick as possible. No, I think it's just one to, you know, draw a line under. I, I'm still. I'm still broadly confident about the league, but we need those fucking centre-backs. <laughs> so, you know, right now we've got zero, zero bit senior centre-backs. We need those fuckers back. And God bless Fabinho because he's done a sterling job at the back there. It deprives us of his influence in the midfield, um, but he's done, you know, far better than we could expect him to. But by Christ. Roll on January, and then unfortunately, though, <laughs> if we don't bring anyone in within the first few days, I'm sure Twitter's going to have a meltdown. So I might be avoiding social media for a little bit of time. But um, yeah, I just think you know, hopefully we can get through. Let's get those three points at Newcastle, and then we'll all be feeling a lot better. Sam, what about you? Anything from the game that you feel like needs highlighting? And then I've got a little fun segment for you at the end. Ooh. Um... Right. It was a hell of a save, to be fair. That's one thing I want to say from the Firmino header. And I do agree with Dave. It was one of those ones, when you head it down, it can, if you're unlucky, and he was, bounce up to a nice height for the goalkeeper. And he's done that a few times recently, Firmino, where he's headed it down a bit too close to himself, which means it then bounces up to to a nice, savable height for the keeper. So... Yeah, that that was a bit unlucky, but to be fair, it was still an incredible save to be able to react when the ball's bounced and hit the ground and then come back up. And, you know, so very, very unlucky. And I I was going to say I thought Ox was terrible when he came on, but I feel like it's not his fault in the fact that, first of all, he put that great ball in for Firmino, so he does deserve credit for that. But secondly, he was trying to do something. So his his job when he came on was to run with the ball and take people on. Um, when you do that, you're in great danger of losing the ball. And that happened yeah. a number of occasions, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it was just a roll of the dice with him and it's made him look poor. Um, so I, I don't want to put any blame on him either. He's been out for a long time and we were just trying to roll the dice a bit. So um, yeah, I think that would have been a bit harsh on him. But um, yeah, just... One of those days, guys, try not to let it ruin your day. We're back playing soon again now on Wednesday. So it's only three days before we can go and put it right. And I think we're going to do it. I think so, too. I think so. I'm, I'm positive. I'm, I'm trying to get this one out as quick as my, sis, uh, out of my system as quick as possible. And um, I said it was a fun segment. And Sam, your, you know, your reaction there, maybe I oversold it. It's not really that fun. Oh, I was expecting was... like a quiz or something. I don't know what was a Christmas quiz with prizes. <laughs> Do you think I am? Come on. I'm like the worst host ever. Like, I'm going to do this. Like, you're going to get free gifts from me. Like, seriously, Sam, I don't even share my food. Oh, you know me. I know, I know I've been there. You had seven plates of food <laughs> when we were in an Indian once and you didn't share one of them. It was incredible work. Oh, God. Um, yes. So what, what have we got, Nina? You know what? I, we're flushing things out of our system. So you know what? Let's talk about Sam Allardyce because Sam, I saw a tweet from you and it made me laugh. And like, I think a lot of people were kind of cussing him for the way he was wearing his mask. Yeah. 
And that is not how you wear a mask. You might as well not wear a mask. <laughs> Let, let's just be honest. It's just like, you know, it's like a fashion statement. I don't yeah. know. But let's just get it out of our system because we, we really don't like Sam Allardyce. And I think we spoke about it on the last pod after the show that, you know, um, him and Pardew when Pulis and Jurgen Klopp's first season all had their knives out for him. So, you know what? Just get it out of your system. Like, I think why I'm so... Dis- if this is Billich, I'd probably, probably be less pissed off I think it's because it's that man and everything about him you know everything about him just makes my skin crawl so you know what just get it out of your system Dave just let it out I don't know why this corrupt fucker is allowed to even apply his trade again right he got caught out when he was England manager a great start for you by the way he's he's got a hundred percent record as england manager and adam lalana is his all-time leading goal scorer (laughs) (laughs) stats maybe maybe he's not all bad then but you know honestly he only managed one game right or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. I, i didn't think my disdain for that bloke could could reach any higher but when he's wearing his mask like that (laughs) what are you doing angry doesn't it It yeah it's like don't wear it don't fucking it it bugs me if you if you don't even have it like over your nose like there's very little point in it it's a lot less effective but to actually just wear it around your ears i uh, i just it's just a fucking bell end isn't he it's just and and steve bruce as well he, he didn't make the uh the the list of names that you mentioned there obviously he's up next but hold him in equal disdain but yeah so it just annoys me that i think he has done a number on us i mean sometimes when when Mourinho's done it in the past he's just been plain lucky i don't think this was luck i, I think you know obviously he he needed us to play crap but i think it was how he set up as well and it just it just annoys me because who wants to watch that? If you're a West Brom fan, all right, you celebrate being in the, uh, maybe celebrate avoiding relegation. That's not much of an existence, is it? We, we want to watch football to be entertained. I think that's what annoys me about Allardyce the most. It is not entertaining at all. I read um, read Michael Owen's book recently as well, and he was mm-hmm. talking about you know when when he was trying to coach. Uh, him at Newcastle and then he'd always stop training and say right if you're in this position you'll have such and such a percentage to score and it's all like that fucking old school percentage bollocks that I just can't stand in football to be honest dated dated yeah so the fact that he's done a number on us again just kind of validates him uh, and it just annoys me and you know if he does escape relegation that'll just increase the aura around him and the fact that the media think he's this massive escape artist so yeah not not a lot positive i could say about him to be honest he just repulses me he actually physically physically knocks me sick and yeah the mask got me angry and i hate the overhype and i think it's largely down to the fact that because he is an english manager as well and i think that just pisses me off even more like the whole sam allardyce masterclass and all this and if you think that is a masterclass and you think that is how you play football. I understand he's in a relegation scrap and he's the man to get you out of relegation. But my God, he is awful. He is a sorry excuse. Sam, you've got an interesting theory about his mask, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, before I get on to the mask, um, I'm totally with you. The masterclass thing is an absolute load of bullshit. This is my take on it. Basically, when you play like that, well, if, if West Brom had come and tried to play football, right, they probably had a 0% chance of winning that game. So, the, to be fair to them, the only option they have, if they want to try and have any chance of leaving there with at least a point, is to play like they have, which is park the bus and hope to win something on scraps and maybe nick a draw. So, you know, that gives them maybe a 5% chance of winning rather than the 0% chance of trying to play football against us. So you can't blame them but have you know when getting a point in a five percent chance game isn't a masterclass it's just getting lucky and you will do now and again so i'm, I'm not having that it's just playing the right tactics because they would have got slaughtered if they tried to play football and that's it really but um 
Yeah, no, I, I know you were touching on the the tweet earlier. The guy, the way he wears that mask, it's it's clearly not a mask. As I was trying to say, everyone's misinterpreted it. They're having a go at him for wearing his mask incorrectly. But what a lot of people don't realise is that's actually his chin bib, which he uses <laughs> to prevent his gravy dripping down his chin. Um, so that is the mistake a lot of people have made and it's, it's a common misconception. So I haven't had a go at him about the mask thing because it's his chin bib. So, um, you know, he'd, he'd had a good feed before the game pie, (laughs) pie and gravy, of course. Um, so yeah, that, that's the explanation behind that one. Just, just holding a couple of his chins in as well. Well, it does that job. It's it's um it's it's a multifunctional. It's a working thing. class man's facelift. <laughs> yeah, a bib for the face. I've never seen it before, but it could revolutionise the north. So you know, it's it's incredible. <laughs> well, there you go, people. Insight. You don't get this kind of insight analysis anywhere else, guys. I don't know if you even want to do a man of the match because. The second half for me just killed it. Like I can't pick one. I mean, can you guys? I I just want to say how good Manny's goal was because I don't think we've bigged it up enough. I think it was mm. bloody brilliant. You know, the, Matt, Matt Dip fizzed the ball into him, but for him mm. to to control it on his chest yeah. like that and turn and completely lose the defender was incredible. But his finish as well just arrowed into the bottom corner was absolutely brilliant so you know for me he that that alone could give him man the match for us because we were so poor apart from that goal um and another thing i wanted to touch on was just Firmino's. do you, do you remember it, it's, it's a bit of a blur of the game but for me control when the ball was in the sky and he just kung fu kicked it down from the sky and brought it down and then brought my um was it Salah into the game at that point? I don't know if you remember that touch. It was absolutely exquisite. So, um, yeah, not nothing much to write home about. But Firmino had some lovely, lovely touches today. But probably Mane edges it for me today. Nice. I'm going to keep an eye out. Actually, am I going to keep an eye out for that Kung Fu control? Am I really? Am I going to watch that On, game Honestly, again? that's the only good thing to come out of this game is some of <laughs> Firmino's showboating his lovely stuff. You know, you're selling it to me, but not selling it enough. I'm just going to have to take your word for it and move on. Uh, what about you, Dave? Um, you know, Can you pick a man of the match? I, I think Robertson did did well, mm. even in the second half, like I say. I think he, when the ball came to him, he still did look like he, was, he had some sense of urgency about him. Um, he, he didn't recapture how well he played in the first half, but... No, I think, to be honest, because that goal was the one bit of quality in the whole game. So I, I think I'm giving it to Mane purely based on that. Um, I, mean, I actually know that's not fair because I thought he played all right in the second half as well without being particularly dangerous. But no, that, that one thing that is worth watching any kind of highlights from this match um, goes down to Matip uh, and uh, Mane. So yeah, Mane for me. Marnie for doing that goal celebration again for that fan, you know, for his granddad, which I just think yeah. is just a lovely, lovely touch. And, you know, um, I thought that was really sweet of him as well. I mean, you both have agreed on Sadio Mane, so I'm not going to pick anyone else. You know, I can't pick anyone else in this game. I did, you know, the second half for me was just utterly dreadful. So Sadio Mane gets it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all you guys that joined us live. Um, Before I let these two guys go, They've got some details for you where you can find them. So, Sam, I'll come to you first. You are an excellent tweeter. You make people laugh. You make me laugh on this show. You make us positive. Where can people find you on social media and more of your work? First of all, first of all what the hell was I thinking there? Trying to suggest that you might actually go back and rewatch the game to see I some Firmino bits. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No nah, one's ever gonna, not going to no happen. I don't think even match of the day will bother showing it. They might just burn it, just burn the footage, get rid of it. It's a oh, horrible they, watch. They'll be wanking <sighs> themselves silly over there. Yeah, they will. He's, they right. will. he's right. Oh, yeah. Sam Allardyce, he's, he's incredible, man. No. Anyway, yes, let's, let's, let's forget the game now. I've set it alight in my brain, so it's, it's been removed from uh, 
existence and we are top of the league and that's the main thing to remember but uh yeah if you want to have a chat on twitter my twitter handle is at sambo evans uh, always happy to have a chat on there give him a follow and dave again um uh, another excellent follow of mine nice guy as well doesn't take the piss out of me um where can people find more of your work because you're quite diverse in what you tweet about and what you talk about and your and and your content yeah, quite diverse, I guess. So, so um, you can get me at Raging Base UK on Twitter. Um, you can also get me on the Comics in Motion podcast or the VHS Strikes Back podcast as well. So those two, obviously, as the name suggests, are either about comics, usually TV movie related, uh, and also with the retro movie reviews as well. And like I say, I did hint at something with the Anfield Index, not quite got that project up to speed, but hopefully early in the new year, there'll be something to speak about there as well. Can't wait. And if you want to get a sneak peek, sneak peek of what Dave is all about, he was on the latest Buzz, um, Buzz podcast talking about Mandalorian. Sam, have you seen it yet? I have not. So do not do the spot. To be fair, I've got two series to catch up on. So I'm, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to get there anytime soon. Like, so. well, <laughs> so, short episodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to plow through it. Hopefully in the next week or so. I'm, I'm just watching The Alienist. I don't know if you've seen that uh, on Netflix at the moment. That's really good. But I think Mandalorian's my next on the list. So I'll, uh, I'll get on it and then I'll get onto your pod once I've finally watched it. So I'm going to ban you from doing Mandalorian talk on this pod <laughs> until that point. <laughs> Two back of eyes. You heard it here first. Right, guys. You I- die. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying you die. Oh, my God. He's such a knobhead, isn't he? He's such a- <laughs> Why do I lie him on this podcast? Right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I know it wasn't great, but you know what? We've got another game coming up real quick, and hopefully it's a positive. Uh, you know, take care, and we will speak to you soon. Till next time, take care, be safe, and for Christ's sake, please do not wear a mask like Sam Allardyce. Take care and up the reds. Podcast Network.